the Segabit Swing Report Show. Get ready for Sega news and commentary with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello? Is that what you yeah, want you, me to say? I don't want to yeah, say that's that now. What I want you to say. And we also have with us from Sonic Retro, our sister brother site, uh, Bartman. Yep, that's me, Bartman3010. I could also write for the Sega Bits site, but I still haven't done that yet. Well, there's always time. I, there's always time. <laughs> well, there's finally things. Exactly. Of course, even then, I don't think that many people really know who I am. Although I do write for the front page on Retro. And things like that. I also uh, do, I think one thing that I'm mostly known for is like I also kind of sort of run the uh, streaming that we do for uh, for our site called Video Retro. Okay. So, so you know. yeah, with, with that in mind, what have you been playing? Oh, man. Um, in terms of like Sega, ever since I picked up my VGA cable for my Dreamcast, I've actually been playing a little more of, uh, Jet, well, Jet Grind Radio, as it was called in America, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, you know, while I was doing like my finals earlier this month, I was kind of trying to keep myself motivated to do anything since, you know, trying to do like, well, I've just started to get back in, starting to get back into college. And thankfully this semester did pretty well for me. Um, and to just keep myself sane, I've just been trying to play through Jet Grind Radio and also been trying to edit the Sega Retro Wiki just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just mostly just been kind of a hodgepodge, uh, especially since uh, this week was my bir- uh, was my birthday. I didn't. Oh, happy I didn't... birthday! Thank ha- you. Happy late birthday. Yes, although um, I haven't really gotten too many games. Well, I did get I did get a few games. I got a few like Dreamcast games. Like uh, I picked up Wetrix Plus and Trick Style, but that doesn't work. Trick Style doesn't work if you had the VGA adapter plugged in. So I got a. Mm-hmm kind of jury rig that somehow and you know what's um, funny about about that game is that the uh demo disc containing it actually does work on the vga so it's it's mainly just the the bit of code that they didn't put in the game itself is actually vga compatible it's so frustrating i mean uh that's exactly how i was playing it uh, earlier this month as well was through that demo disc the first one yeah. Yeah. and oh uh, like i don't know i had some fun with it, even though some people don't really seem too keen on it, which is weird. It's like Criterion's first, uh, one of their first games when uh, they were still with Acclaim at the time, mm-hmm. and and it also uses Renderware, you know, great, I guess. But, yeah. again, I haven't really played that much of the game. And, of course, um, two other games uh, for the Dreamcast that I got was Zombie Revenge, which is, like, really frustrating. Yeah. Like, I've just picked it up because, you know, it's House of the Dead related. You know, what could go wrong other than, you know, the <laughs> terrible yeah, acting and animation and the guy with the golden eye or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't it? It's it's bit. It's got some interesting bits and pieces, but you kind of got to work at it to kind of understand how the mechanics work. Mm-hmm. And I would assume it would be less frustrating if you have a second person with you, at the, uh, you know, fighting alongside with you. Mm-hmm. And the other game, it still hasn't come in the mail yet, but I'm still waiting on it, is uh, Echo the Dolphin, uh, Defender of the Future, which nice. I played a little bit of, but I picked up for a decent price, at least uh, for a brand new copy, but I've still yet to see it in my hands or through my mailbox. 
so until then, I have to kind of wait and see how that goes. Cool. Yeah, that's a beautiful game. I remember um, my dad brought home the projector from his work, and I projected that game on the ceiling and laid on my back and played it. <laughs> that's it was, amazing. It was, it was pretty awesome because, you know, the whole when you're underwater, it's just, it's kind of, uh, it kind of works with that kind of just, I don't know, it, it worked <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> I felt like I was underwater. And uh, strangely enough, I actually brought the projector home this weekend, so I might give that a try when no one's looking. Nice. When no one's home, you know, play with some dolphins on my back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, George, what have you been? uh, Oh, just one word. I'm sorry, just one word that I do want to squeeze in uh, was obviously, uh, you know, our major Sonic release for the past week or so, which was Sonic One for iOS and Android, or the Android version, in my case. Um, Which is Sonic One as you know it, with running on the retro engine, but. It's got a few problems. Like it's not exactly like one to one perfect, but you know, for the features that it has and things like that, it's actually kind of nice. I went through and streamed some of the debug features for like a couple hours, and I actually got stealth. I got stealth to come out of hiding. That was actually a personal victory in my in my regard. Very cool. What I've been playing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing uh, Sonic One on iOS, not iOS, but. Android, which is the same game anyway. Um, mm-hmm. It's an yeah, it's a nice game. I haven't played too much of it. There's something I I just can't. I'm not that good at touchscreen controls. Like Sonic will go too much to one side, and I'm like, oh, my thumb's in the way. I don't know when to jump. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I mean, there's nothing. He, I mean, they could do about that. Sega. I mm-hmm. mean, they do support, I guess, uh, Bluetooth controllers. So yes. I've actually played through the mo- with, through the through the game with uh, my Moga controller, which actually works pretty nice. Um, one thing I did notice about the touch controls is that it only will work in four directions, which, you know, for all, for some situations it actually works because that means you're not going to accidentally roll into a ball in certain points. But that mm-hmm. means when you're like using the debug mode, you can't use the you know eight way directions to move in you know a working fashion. So it kind of gets frustrating in that regard. Right, and being touch controls, so you know what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's a good game. I mean, I got it on the on my new phone, and it looks pretty nice on it. Um, I'm happy. I'm pretty happy with it. It's um, uh, but just that I'm not. I'm not that into uh, touch screen controls. Like I don't know why I even bother buying games on Android. I'll, like a <laughs> new game will come out, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I'll, I'll buy it. And I'm like, oh, it's cool, but I'd rather have it on a console. Right. That's that's why I use like for my phone. I just use the uh, built-on keypad to play like Sonic CD on there. What phone? Uh, do you have? Which it's uh it's oh it's like a T-Mobile Samsung uh, Sidekick 4G. Okay. And and unfortunately that like went out of production like the first six months that came out. Not too <laughs> surprising. Yeah, my phone doesn't have a like a physical keyboard. It's all touchscreen. Like all new, yeah. I guess, new phones. And uh, I've got a, I bought a, a four pack or a five pack, I don't know, uh, Microsoft games on uh, Steam. It was like ten dollars, and it came with Deadlight, uh, Mark of Ninja. Uh, the there's this one game that uh, Double Fine made. It was like a tank game. It came with that one and a couple other ones. Oh, is that Iron Brigade? Iron Brigade, yeah. There you go. And uh, I only started playing uh, Mark of Ninja before the podcast, and uh, that one's pretty all right. I, I think the animation and the cutscenes is kind of lame, and the the story's kind of stupid, but I kind of like playing it. 
it's no Shinobi or anything. It's not an action game. It's trying to be stealth 2D, but it's pretty fun for what it is, especially for getting it so cheap. I think it was like $2 a title. Wow, um, nice. So I've been playing that, and I <laughs> I hooked up my move the other, the other day, and I started playing the House of the Dead, which worked fine, and then it, my move came with a sorcery, mm-hmm. the game. So oh, I that game that, released? Yeah, the game released. It was bundled right away. God, no uh, one talks about that damn thing. Yeah, it's not... I, I can see why... I mean, it's a good concept, but man, that game needs like... It's... When you make a move game, you shouldn't be focusing on movements. Like, I hate when I may, play a move game and you're like, hey, look, there's a... There's something in the way before you go to the next level. Uh, move your f- controller right and then left to take it away. I don't like oh, that yeah. stuff. I don't like that mm. stuff. I think it's just like, oh, it's so like lazy. The mm-hmm. like, I like I like House of the Dead on uh, on it because it's just a light gun game. It's like not really a move game, I guess. It is mm-hmm. a move game, but it's light gun focused. It's just shooting, and you don't have to do stupid things like shake a potion and then the color on the thing turns to another color. That's that's <laughs> not my. That's not for me. You and, don't shake potions. No, I don't shake potions. I drink them straight. Nice. And that's it. That's actually what all, all they've been playing. Cool. Uh, I've been playing Sonic 1 on iOS. Uh, I've been enjoying that. It's, um, I mean, yeah, the touch controls, they're never perfect, but I think they are as good as they could probably get them. Oh, yeah, I agree um, with that. I mean, when you, I mean, after Green Hill Zone, I pretty much forgot that I was playing with touch controls. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool game. I, I, been meaning to review it this week, but I've been too busy. But uh, it's it's definitely in the A the A territory. Uh, I think they did a fantastic job with all the extras and everything. Because I mean, you know, you've you've seen the forum forums before people uh, actually learned what it was all about, and they were bitching and moaning about how you know, oh God, another another Sonic game, and you know, yeah. <laughs> they, little did they know that it had some pretty awesome features. You know, so, on I the- mean. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but like on the like retro front page comments, like there yeah. are all sorts of like varying degrees of like people complaining of like, you know, oh why isn't this on Xbox Live Arcade already? And you know why can't this be on a real game console with real real gamer this and that? And it's like, right. like come on, it's not like these. Tell them it already have, like, is on a real console. It's, it's Sega Genesis Mega Drive. Oh, no, but um. Yeah, right, big burn. But um <laughs> no, I guess uh I mean my my argument for it before people knew what it was all about was that, you know, like I respect uh Taxman and uh Stealth's efforts that they're actually presenting the game not only as it was, but also giving you a little bit more and also presenting it in a really nice, you know, kinda like crisp, clear, widescreen how many frames per second is it? Sixty? Should be sixty, yeah. 60 frames per second. And I equated that to how, you know, Blu-rays, like we have these classic movies that look like shit now on film and VHS and, you know, DVD looks great, but it's, it's always good. It's kind of like a a form of preservation, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I totally get how people complain about re-releases after re-releases, but there's a difference between a, you know, a shoddy re-release like Sonic Adventure on uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and, re-releases with a little care and effort put into them so you actually get to experience the game as it is and also experience it 
in you know kind of that next generation setting like i think jet uh, jet set radio was a pretty great uh, port it wasn't perfect but it definitely was i mean the game has problems on the dreamcast to begin with so it kind of ported over those problems to begin with but it also i thought it looked great nights into dreams i thought that one played well especially after the uh the patch for the controls and uh just like with sonic cd and sonic one i think if i'm going to have re-releases i want them to put care into it so in my mind even though Sonic 1's been out numerous times, it's, uh, I mean, we've probably only had two or three worth worthy releases that, uh, you know, can be compared to the original. I'd say, like, Sonic Jam is pretty good, and uh, this one. So, you know, yeah, that's my um, I will. I will definitely say, uh, you know, after, like, finishing Sonic 1 and had all the emeralds, I pretty much felt like I was just done with the game. Even though, even though I unlocked, like, the extra features and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. After I did that, uh, that two-hour stream, I felt like, you know, I really have nothing else that I want to get out of this game. Because it's yeah. just Sonic 1 again. And considering that, you know, I work for a site like Sonic Retro, right. of course we're going to have people like me who have just played that game for the past 22 years. And we've just kind <laughs> right. of expelled it of whatever it could do now mm-hmm. sonic you know sonic 2 is obviously going to be the next one and that's the one that i'm the most curious about mostly because mm-hmm. of the two the two-player functionality like i don't even know i doubt they're actually going to be going to do anything with it and i will think that it's a darn shame because there are things that they could definitely try to do like there are t- uh, like tablets uh there are uh, like tablet games that make use of like split screen functionality where one screen is pointed in one direction and the other pointed in the other direction, things like that. And the mm-hmm. possibility of having additional zones over the original game would be a major plus. So mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly you know we're going to be expecting with the second one since the first one was like, I don't know, like I think Sonic 2 is like the, like the golden standard of Sonic games amongst a lot of people who are big fans of Sonic, especially you know mm-hmm. the older fans, things like that. Wait, wait, wait. So what, what, wait, wait. What about Sonic Heroes? I heard that one was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great game. It was the first game I've played, the first Sonic <laughs> game on on the the real Sega console GameCube. Oh. So yeah, they I... solved the they solved the <laughs> underwater problem by having no underwater levels in the game in it ever. So hey, See? innovative <laughs> Sega. They fi- fixed Sonic. <laughs> Shout out the Hedgehog pretty much perfected the formula, and then Sonic 06 took it to the next level oh my god sonic 06 i love that game silver's in it <laughs> silver's good i heard he's coming back yeah i can't As wait he's gonna be in sonic 1 remastered in a patch oh, oh i can't god. wait that's terrible uh yeah 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 well um let's let's move on to segabit's news we're actually going to get back to sonic 1 os ios a little bit later but um yeah uh we are going to E3, not me, but uh, George is planning on it, as well as uh, who else? Knuckles and Shigs. They Knuckles, win the, and uh, Knuckles, 87, and Shigs, I guess. Or uh, Alex and the real names, Alex and... Uh, Jason. Jason, yeah. I know the real names. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible with names. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're going, and I'm going to go, I guess, tag along. Um we're planning. I'm already kind of talking to them about doing some video content. I'm not sure what we're gonna do. It's still kind of mm-hmm. sketchy, but we're obviously gonna. We're all gonna give our opinions on uh, Sonic Lost World. Uh, cool. What we're, you know, what was good, what was bad, what we're concerned about. Hopefully, mm-hmm. do some interviews with some of the developers. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And maybe I'll get to play the X- Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 if the lines aren't disgustingly huge. Yeah. You could play the Wii U. I could I could probably play the <laughs> Wii U. <laughs> Most likely. Uh, up, unless I... unless they have a Smash Bros that are play, playable, then no way that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nah. No, everyone's going to be lined up for Smash Brothers. Yeah. And I can sum up uh, Sonic Lost Worlds right now. It ain't on PC. Fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, you're you're a PC you're a PC gamer. I'm a I'm a Mac gamer, sir. Mac gamer. Do oh wow, do... a Mac user. Oh my god, I feel like <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting ganged ganged up, and I can't even say anything negative about Mac right now because I'm using Windows 8. So <laughs> I should I... say I'm lying. I don't I don't have a Mac. Oh. I, I have a, I have all the consoles I can afford, even a Wii U, which for all intents and purposes it's. It does what it does. Mm-hmm. It plays Nintendo games? Yep, yeah. it plays Nintendo games. And all my virtual console games that I spent four or $600 on. Kind of crazy. Nice. But yeah, we're going to be there for the three days. Uh, I don't really know anything like specific. Like I don't think we've... Last year, we were uh, given kind of like, oh, this guy's going to be there, this developer's going to be there, and these, these are the interviews you guys could do. Right. It, so we haven't really been given anything like that, but mm-hmm. most likely expect content on like Total War, cool. Company Heroes, Sonic Lost World, and whatever else they have there. Yeah, maybe you guys could record a podcast after one of the nights. That'd be pretty cool. Like do it. Just sit in a hotel room together. <laughs> it sounds. It's, it, that sounds. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm gonna have to get drunk if I'm gonna be in a room with two other men <laughs> talking <laughs> hey. about Sonic. I'm with you. But yeah, I'm drunk. I'm drunk right now. So the Sega Sausage Fest. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to be the name of the of the, the podcast. We call them Chili Dog Fest, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Very cool. Well, uh, let's move on to our news section now. I know uh, the first piece is talking a little bit about Xbox One. Now, seeing as how there's very little Sega related stuff. I want to keep the Xbox One discussion relatively short, uh, baby. We just oh, go around and man. say our thoughts. Barry, we could Barry, fill a whole. Come on, we could fill Barry a whole podcast. doesn't want me to say negative things about the no, Xbox. You can say negative stuff. I'll say so, negative uh, stuff about uh, what? I don't even here. care. You. Here. <laughs> no, I'm just um, we can guarantee Sega has confirmed Xbox One support day one. Yeah. <sighs> there. Move on. We're okay, good. Okay. That's all the Sega oh. news we got. So that means That's all the Sega. Hopefully not exclusives because I'm not planning on getting it and I don't want to be forced to get it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if there is exclusives, good for Microsoft. Well, I think, George, you made a really good point in the forums where it's it's kind of like that PlayStation 3 kind of reaction where we don't know everything just yet. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll, I'll, I know you're, you're giving me shit for saying I'm going to be defending it. But, no, I'll admit <laughs> it, was a, it was a really bad show. It was a bad show, um, and just based on that show, like if Microsoft did not want to be judged badly, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have put that show on. However, I will say I was I was impressed with like all the little, like the multitasking and all those features, but I really wish that stuff took maybe five minutes, ten minutes tops. I mm. mean, after the PlayStation Four show, I could you know probably count about five or ten games. After the Xbox ones, I probably think of maybe four off the top of my head and none of them i'm interested in aside from that quantum break one that one looked kind of cool but they didn't really show anything of it i wish they they did more 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of shit being talked, a lot of animated GIFs and, you know, angry reactions. I'm yeah. going to wait until E3 before I firm have a firm opinion. I know that the used games thing was a big uh, point of contention, but again, we don't know that much about it. I mean, I'll be discussing that with someone, and at one point I'll be like, oh, God, it does suck. And then at another point I'll be like, well, actually, this quote says that it's not going to suck. So, you know, I don't know. I it's, really, it, I, it, I think most people are going th- with the rumor that happened to become true. Like ninety percent of the rumor was true, mm-hmm. and the other ten percent wasn't even talked about, which is the DRM mm-hmm. and uh, right. the use fees. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the weird thing is that Microsoft can't even get the story straight themselves. Like you yeah. have Phil Harrison basically saying, "Yeah, we're going to impose a fee for anybody who tries to do that," and then you get Xbox support says, "No, you, we're not going to do a fee," and things like that. So, yeah, like. It's kind of appalling that, you know, in this day and day that we still have these companies that still don't really know how to market their their hardware properly. Like what they're trying to do is give you a Trojan horse type of system where mm-hmm. it invades the family, you know, the family living room. They want you to use it to watch television. They want you to wa- for watching movies and talking mm-hmm. with people over Skype because Microsoft owns it. And basically, they're just trying to give you all the features that you would get on a PC simplified for a easy to use uh, experience. But what they're not accounting, you know, what people are having to deal with and as a result is like a bunch of fees that they're going to have to take care of, like Xbox Live. You probably can't use Skype without Xbox Live. You probably can't. Uh, you Well, you're not going to be able to use Netflix. You're probably mm-hmm. not going to be able to you're probably not going to be able to use a number of features just because you're going to be behind an additional paywall that they're not being upfront to you about in that conference, which mm-hmm. is, and of course, all the features that they're touting, like, uh, you know, connect voice support and things like that, it's basically just a bunch of features that's already been in place on the Xbox 360. They're right. just not very well refined. Like, there were already, you know, you were already, you heard about, like, a number of stories of people who watched it and their Kinect sensor was detecting them during the conference saying, Xbox, stop, and it would stop video playback and things oh, like that. Oh, don't say that too loud, my Xbox on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, like, things like that. Like, they're just giving you, like, slightly refined technology, which basically means, hey, we're going to force you with this Kinect, but, hey, it's got better latency. Great, mm-hmm. but it's got all the other problems that Kinect has, like, finger detection is still an issue as in it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. so there's like like it was said earlier like it's there's just not enough information out there right now and people like even microsoft said you know don't expect a lot of video game stuff during this conference but like people who aren't into video games aren't really gonna want to buy a a device called xbox like which is like the most dumbass 90s name you could think of so (laughs) Like, right. you've already got a number of problems out of the gate with that conference alone, and they're, like, E3 is probably going to help cater to the video game audience somewhat, but mm-hmm. people are still going to be soured over the used games issue, which is obviously something that's... They need to clear that up, pretty much. They definitely need to clarify that better. Because, I mean, I've I've had discussions where I've laid out how I think it is, and it sounds decent, like... But then I've seen other people lay out a possibility, and it sounds like absolute shit. So, I mean... For example, they have that thing where you can load the disc onto your uh, console. Can PS4 do that, by the way, where you load the disc onto your console, take the they disc ha- out, and you can they, still play the game? They haven't talked about it, and they haven't talked about it. It's going to be a feature. They've just mm-hmm. like they've just said that you could download the game off the internet and then like play it while it's right. downloading. That's all they've said. And right. 
Mandatory, like the PS3 had mandatory installs with disc in, obviously for DRM reasons, most likely. For some, for some games, not all games. Not all like, games. There were, no. some, there were yeah. some games that would even do it as an optional feature, but even Val- then, Valkyria Chronicles is pretty cool. They did that. It's pretty right, absurd I mean, that why are we in yeah. a why are we in such a day and age where we still have to use a format that's very inefficient for these new consoles? Like that's the <laughs> part that really gets me. Is like why are we still using these discs if? You know, People you're like saying their physical media, and you're only giving a uh, 500 gigabyte of hard drive space for game saves and st- stuff like that. At least they're giving you the option to attach an additional hard drive to that. But I don't want to do that. I don't even want to do that with my Wii U because I right. don't really have that much room as is. Well, I, what I want them to clarify is how much, because I'm not sure if they've clarified if every game will load all of it onto it or if it'll be like you'll get the game you'll put it in and it'll say do you want to load all this on and you go yeah and then it goes enter your little pin so your entire game is now on the system rendering your disc useless until you remove the game from the system because in that sense i completely understand why you can't share the disc with someone else because you have it's kind of like you have all the data on your machine so why would they allow you to create a copy now if they make it easy enough where you can delete the game from your system you don't have to go through this whole like crazy process of like removing the pin and like getting a new pin and all that nonsense then i could understand that sort of thing working i'm also wondering if they're going to work with um places like gamefly and give them like rental discs kind of like how netflix has rental uh, special blu-rays that are rental only they probably will. I mean, we do have games out there that are already like that, like already acts out certain features. Like, uh, I think there's like versions of Call of Duty out there that has the multiplayer functionality removed okay. simply because like there's like, you know, it's going to be behind like maybe an online pass or something like that. Although, mm-hmm. no, I don't think Call of Duty does like online passes. They don't do online passes. That's EA. Yeah. So like, I think I think, but I do know like it is like Call of Duty or something similar to that. That's not EA related, where they just take out features of a game, the stuff like right. that. But well, uh, yes. they, they certainly do exist. But that's definitely going to be a gray area that's going to be mm-hmm. have to be worked on in time. You know, as time goes on. But right now, Microsoft is emanating this like very arrogant type of thing of like you know people are just going to buy our stuff anyway type of attitude. Like you know, Sony, Xbox 360 Sony 2006, is not basically. So in Sony in 2006, when people complained about the price, they said, "Get a second job." Like, what kind of comment <laughs> you? How can you tell it to your consumers? I didn't yeah. get the I didn't get the PS3 until like 2008 because I didn't want to spend over four hundred dollars on a on a console. Mm-hmm. Don Matrix says that you are a backwards man and you should feel bad. How dare you want your backwards compatibility? You know, I can Speaking see of, for, uh, like, cost standards and functionality, it's better to not have backward compatibility in that box mm-hmm. as is. But that's gonna... the Kinect's okay, though. That doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, no. Like, Kinect, oh, Kinect's a terrible thing to happen. Since it's going to be a mandatory thing for login, uh, you know, not everybody has the room for the requirements for a Kinect, so I don't know why exactly they're wanting to force that other than it's futuristic. It's like this. You you're living in Star Trek now. We've fixed the gap, you guys. It's like no, we just have shitty voice recognition technology, and infrared rocket science sensors. It's like mm-hmm. I like Google now, like on and the new Android. It, it's it works nice, but like imagine if Google every time you had to search for something, they made you use voice uh, Google now voice search. That'd be terrible. Nobody wanted to buy an Android device. Like it's I don't know. Than- I, I guess they figured that would be better than using a keyboard or something like that. But even then, 
it never yeah. works right. Can you imagine being in public and you're like searching for stuff and you have no privacy and so you have to say it really loud? <laughs> yeah, they do it. Well, some of them do it anyway. I I know people have no shame and they have no they have no problem showing that shame out in public. <laughs> well, I'm sure come come E3, George will be coming back going, guys, I played Xbox One. Grass- it's really good. Oh. Just, just say, just say Xbox shut down, and for every time that you're done, they no shut down. <laughs> this guy just keeps walking around saying Xbox off. Uh. But uh, I'm excited to see what they have uh, game wise. I'm more. Oh excited yeah, about that. yeah. Rare but, is teasing something. I think that's just gonna be like Killer Instinct three because there's like mm-hmm. been that uh, trademark dispute that's been going on with Fox that they've apparently resolved. So that mm-hmm. they're probably going to use that as their uh, as their bullet to get gamers back on well, with what I'm, they I'm, have left of Rare anyway. I'm going to be honest. I don't like Killer Instincts. I never liked it, even growing up. And uh, so that doesn't excite me, but I can see why people would get excited. I just hope they don't use uh, Connect. Like, oh, it's like a real fighter. That'd be lame. No, nah, they probably mm. won't do anything like that. Although you never know. You could uh, they could surprise us one way or another. I just figured their Connect game would be, you know, the next Connect Sports, and then hey, here's this core gamer experience, Killer Instinct. We we still like you guys. Green Mountain Dew, Doritos, munching. Mmm. Oh, mm. those are my three favorite things. Ah, oh, sweet. <laughs> All right, we could I'm actually the- we should probably move on because we've been talking about this. The only other thing I want to say about it is uh, I think online connectivity is like. Or mandatory to play is a very bad idea. And I think uh, Blizzard and uh, EA have shown that with SimCity and uh, Diablo 3. Mm. Well, if their excuse is going to be like, hey, we have too many people playing Xbox right now. Please, please wait until later. Like, that's, again, you know, you can't just tell me for, you know, the $60 I just paid you that I can just go back to my old Xbox or, in SimCity's case, SimCity 2000 and just get my enjoyment out of that, like, the, eventually, these companies are going to have to figure out that you know, as to, you know, technology has not moved on as far as we had liked for it to have done, or at mm-hmm. least if you want this stuff to be in place, you need to start hitting the right people as to say like, hey, we need to get this stuff up and running right now. Like that Gaikai stuff is just—I don't exactly know how Sony expects that stuff to work. Like day one, I think that's going to be a train wreck. That's going to be tough. It is going to be tough, and it's probably going to be behind a paywall. But I'm not mm-hmm. gonna use it. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I don't see any. I think it's cool in like uh, theory, like oh somebody could play the game for you, like oh that's pretty awesome. I could see really good commercials and marketing coming out of that. I could also right. see it not working really well either. It won't have every game though. It won't be like oh yeah, can I play that PlayStation Two Harvey Birdman game? No, that won't be on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course man. not. But um, I I actually I thought that, that I actually thought that's that that one. that's something Nintendo would do. Like I don't know why. Because Nintendo's right. always about making games easier for people. And they even had like a mode in one of the Mario games where like it'll play the level for you. I don't know. I I think stuff like that is okay if it's for like specific audiences that would play that stuff. I mean, New Super Mario Brothers, if I'm not mistaken, actually sold better than like Super Mario Galaxy because it's just netting in those people who grew up and stop playing games after a certain period of time. And it's like, oh, they finally made another Super Mario Brothers game. And then they realize that those people have not, are not going to have the same dexterity and, you know, mentality that most people would play games. So showing like, you know, you have people who like play games 
on YouTube and then people watch those videos, I equate it to something like that. Like you are basically watching someone else do something and you're trying to copy those skills based off of that. And it works. So mm-hmm. stuff like it's a super guide is what you're talking about. It's in it started in like Mario Galaxy 2, New Super Mario Brothers, and they put it in Donkey Kong Country Returns. Like stuff like that is okay. Of course, even the even I will go like, yeah, shut the hell up, Nintendo. I know I'm dying too many times, etc. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, it's, I don't. I don't think it's bad because I mean, I think some RPGs should even use that because I hate when I play. I hate when I play RPGs and they're like, not, or or an or like a weird game where you will have to do something, but it's not explained well. And then you're just wandering around saying, what do I have to do? I wonder what do I have to do. Let me just touch everything. I that happens to me in- sometimes. And it's always the stupidest shit. Always. I, I played through the entirety of Persona 4, and I didn't really know how exactly I could like stack different uh, skills on top of each other and things like that. Like uh, our stat boosts, basically. And... Uh, I mean, I play through the game just fine, but like, if you want to get all the really interesting stuff, you got to start playing big, and you especially need to do that for the harder difficulties. Persona <laughs> Persona games are actually really well done games. Oh, they are. Of course, but the thing is, like most Shin Megami Tensei games, I hear are like notoriously hard. Talk about Sonic. Oh yeah, oh. we have to talk about Sonic. Uh, Sonic Chronicles is a shit RPG. Sonic, uh, no, they're making Sonic Chronicles two. It's coming out next week. Um, <laughs> next week. Connect, connect support. Well, it's on everything. It's on iOS, Android, Connect. Uh, Game dot com. No, no, no. Uh, after uh, after a few months of complaining about not having news about a Sonic game, Sega finally shut a lot of people up. By announcing Sonic Lost World, really? Yeah, shutting them up. Shutting them up is actually the wrong phrase to use on this one because everybody was just complaining. Silencing (laughs) them. And of course, keep in mind this was like before uh, the Xbox One news came out because people were uh, like, the the of course the main argument is obviously Nintendo has exclusive rights to publish three Sonic games. One of them is Sonic Lost Worlds on uh, Wii U and 3DS. Second one is uh, Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympics 2014. And what's the third one? Uh, Question mark, the hedgehog. Yeah, right. I'm assuming assuming it's going to be like, maybe, I'm hoping it's that uh, Mario Kart racer, that crossover. That would be pretty awesome, I think. It's, It's kind of a bizarre thing to do for like a third game but i can definitely see something like that happening but i don't know if that's exactly well i don't know it'll probably make people shut up again (laughs) so to speak it's like okay fine it's just another mario and sonic game but they're racing this time right right well so what's your thoughts on uh it being an exclusive it's nothing like we haven't really seen before like we've already got a number of exclusive sonic games on nintendo and it stems well before like secret rings like we've got well okay sonic advance did come out on like engage excuse me and android engage but like but like you've also got like sonic advance 2 3 pinball party battle all that stuff and like those are like most of like at least three of those are like 2d sonic platformers that people have been wanting for like forever and mm-hmm. hey we finally got it and of course like yeah it sucks for those people who didn't intend on buying a wii u but right. the argument that people are some people are making like well why don't they just have it on playstation 3 and xbox 360 and mm-hmm. the answer is basically that they don't want you to buy 
Oh, they want you to buy the new consoles. Like they're right. trying to make that push for Sonic, where we need to get them on newer systems, and this is the time where this is going to happen. So no, just because it's on Wii U does not necessarily mean it would have been on PS3 or 360 alternatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that. I mean, I was annoyed initially, and I thought about it, and I'm like, it really wouldn't make sense to release their big holiday game on the 360 and the PS3, and at the same time, it wouldn't make sense. I guess it would be possible, but it would be very, I, I think it would be risky for them to release it on the uh, PS4 and the Xbox One as well, especially with them being new consoles. And I'm sure Sonic, a new Sonic game wouldn't be the game everyone would be flocking to buy on release. You know, it would be the big first party titles, probably. Pretty much. And of course, uh, you know, the last major Nintendo and Sega collaboration was F-Zero GX. And I mean, that's Obviously, that's time wasted. That could have been spent making another Super Monkey Ball game, and they put it on this fucking <laughs> F-Zero game. Yeah. You don't like the F-Zero game? That was a good game. Oh, I'm just fucking around, of course. Oh. I like that game. I just I just think it's absurd, like, the arguments that a lot of people are coming up with because of this, and it just... Oh, it's literally just looking at all those comments on, like, the forums and the front page and things like that. Just mm-hmm. it's just basically people who are just trying to say I don't want a Wii U. Like you don't have to be so violently opposed to the idea. It's just coming out. It's just coming out on a system. Video right. games, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I think it'll be. It's a good thing that's an exclusive, just because with um, All Stars Racing Transformed on the on the Wii U, it, they really didn't do much in terms of the second screen. I mean, they did as much as they could do with the rearview mirror and with the map. But five player mode. Yeah, right. But I, I think if they did a like a Sonic game from the ground up on the Wii U, they could really do some cool stuff with the gamepad. Now I don't want the gamepad to like infringe on the actual Sonic gameplay, but I think it could be pretty cool to like maybe the well we had that picture up here with those six characters. Maybe that character would exist within the gamepad and you'd do something with them, kinda like the Chow, but like as you play, or maybe they'd have like in overworld map where you'd fly the tornado to different places kind of like the uh sonic rush adventure where you fly the uh take the ships to different islands exactly Um, i mean it's basically just as you said they're just trying to concentrate development on one platform which would make mm -hmm. things tremendously easier for the development staff uh as you know develop you know as the game progresses on towards the final build but Mm -hmm. like uh you know i don't know i can't really say what exactly i would expect would be in terms of like gameplay for the Sonic mm-hmm. game because you know we've been hearing for a long time that they were going to basically relaunch Sonic again after uh, generations and it just mm-hmm. looks like hey we're just kidding we're just going to make another Sonic game probably yeah. using the same engine and things like that but now we're going to refine it to what we can do with the Wii U which yeah. you know I'm I'm totally fine with that and with the only thing I could really say with that screenshot that was uh, put out today on Sega's blog mm-hmm. uh one of them looks like Echo the Dolphin on a pike. Like, I don't <laughs> know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> well, maybe it's Echo. Finally. But uh, I, I thought it was kind of intriguing, the whole, like, idea of that planet. And it looked like those pieces were kind of, like, either coming together or coming apart. Maybe they do something, like, where the levels are always changing. Maybe there's sections that happen before other sections, like the... I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, when you look at that, like, you could imagine maybe there's multiple start points. Maybe you might enter a level and it's bigger since you last left it because more of that Lost World kind of planet came together. I don't know. But I think 
there's definitely a lot of possibilities. I'm getting sort of a unleashed vibe with the big planet thing, but I'm also getting a Sonic Colors vibe with these weird creatures that seem to correspond to different lands. You know, um, what, be, you know what would be pretty cool? What? If uh, they're they're like, oh, you know how uh, Transforms and Sonic Generation kind of had like a bunch of mashup of levels from other, I mean, other Sonic games or other franchises and mm-hmm. Transformed? It'd be pretty cool if Lost World had like uh, themed levels for other Sega franchises. That'd be pretty cool. I'd play <laughs> that. that. Would be fun. <laughs> like I would like to play a Fantasy Zone with Super Fast Sonic. That'd be pretty cool. They need Maybe to put more is... Sega fan service in. Maybe this sure. is the uh, maybe this is the uh, the sequel to Generations where you have to save Sonic's shitty friends and you're going through the worst zones of Sonic oh, history. Man. Oh right, yeah, Epic Sonic. First first level is Labyrinth Zone. Of course. Oh man, right away started <laughs> off good. <laughs> but um, actually, in all seriousness, this, I wonder if this has anything to do with those silly rumors of like Sonic Adventure Three. Like, if there is anything, like. I don't know. I think all that stuff is just kind of hogwash that was just made up. Probably. Like, I don't know. Um, If it would be anything where we would start seeing, like, like what I would kind of like to see would be, like, the ability to, like, play as, you know, I actually would like to be able to play as, like, Tails or Knuckles and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, I don't know how exactly they would be able to let you play as those characters with stuff like, uh, you know, how they've made Sonic Unleashed and things like that, where it's specifically tied around Sonic. So I, I think the only way would be that they would have to rebuild the levels from the ground up and, like, basically make a game for Tails and Knuckles and have their own gameplay mechanics. You can't just have throw them in there and then just expect them to play like Sonic. Mm-hmm. Well, they're yeah, they're they're like having giving them the boost ability would not only be kind of unfair; it would just be kind of like okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how exactly that's supposed to be the case. <laughs> they look like reskins. I wouldn't yeah. mind. I wouldn't mind playing like a Tails one with it's more focus on platforming and just. I guess like, I guess it would be it would be kind of stupid saying like Mario Galaxy, but like he has a longer jump than Sonic, so I would mean like you know like jumping and platforming and. Just design a level also, around that compared to Sonic. He can also like, correct himself in case he messes up, unlike Sonic. Yeah. Compared to Sonic, which is going fast all the time. Let's be honest. When you play a Sonic, I mean, a 3D Sonic game, the first thing you do is double jump and try to go super fast. Yeah, right. So Pretty much. That's how they design Sonic games and their level, I mean, the new ones. And I don't think Tails, I don't think Tails and Knuckles should be based around that. I think they should be more platform. I think this is like Sonic Team's chance to like show that they can make a good platformer like Mario or something with the other characters. What do you, you think don't... of? Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, it's just the one thing that I think is actually kind of surprising. Uh, you know, so with that boost ability where Sonic can just go zero to three sixty in a second, et cetera, et cetera. Like you know, you would see in like cartoons or commercials and things like that where Sonic would just immediately start running at full speed. Like, it wasn't up until, you know, Sonic Unleashed or, you know, Sonic Rush where he could just hit, just immediately go at his max speed by just a, a press of a button. Like, I don't know how exactly it took us this long to have right. that kind of ability. So you're I saying did, Adventures think... of Sonic the Hedgehog had the boost before anything else? Yeah, it did, actually. It did, because he'd just be standing there and, like, the Flash, he'd just go, and 
and he knew and he knew how to stop immediately like that's what the current sonic has a hard time doing and i don't understand it's it's jaleel white man he needs the costumes and needs them and and snarky uh (laughs) remarks i would love to see costumes become a part of the gameplay where you need to put sonic in disguises why do you I wouldn't wanna... be surprised if that actually happens. <laughs> I'm just Give joking. A... That's going to be gotta... some creepy shit going on, on the internet. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, Sonic's right. Land. Hey, uh, how about Sonic the... In Mexico land. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> Sorry. Samba de Amigo. Um, how about the 3DS version? Do you think it's just going to be another um, Sonic Rush dimps port? Or are they actually going to attempt to make a 3D game this time? I'm pretty sure it's going to be another dimps adventure. Like, that's yeah. exactly how I would see this happening. Like mm-hmm. with, I mean, given the the history of how they've been, you know, putting out these Sonic games, especially for like handheld versions of the console, you know, of the console games, they, you know, they're probably not going to have the manpower to be able to handle development on both a Wii U platform and a 3DS, especially mm-hmm. since, you know, expectations of like graphics and things like that have escalated tremendously well past, uh, you know, the Game Boy Advance to the 3DS, like, you can basically put a console game on the Nintendo 3DS and it's, you know, have it basically run as is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, so they're probably going to give those development rights to Dems or at least something similar uh, just to be able to Mm -hmm. take care of that, you know, take care of that aspect of the contract, so to speak. Right. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll know a lot more pretty soon. Actually, the 29th is uh, when they're going to be doing some more reveals. I don't know if it's going to be just photos or if they're actually going to give us a full-on trailer. And then uh, what was it? June 11th, I think. There's a 3DS uh, show, and I think also Famitsu. I think I'm saying that right. Magazine has yeah. a feature that's appearing tomorrow, and it might have some Sonic Lost World material. Well, there should be like a full-on reveal on May 29th, as uh, what I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the, if if anything, like I do want to see if they can have both the Wii U and 3DS versions communicate with each other in some sort of way. Definitely. I don't know yeah. how exactly. I don't know how exactly that would work, but you know, something like I don't know. We you get more levels. Uh, you know, even if it's something that rubbish, it would still be something. Like it would be cool if they had parts of the story. In one, like some of the story was the same, but then other parts you would see, like I think in uh, Colors they had an extended ending on the 3DS version. There was more happening in that than there was on the console one. It would be cool if you get to see, because I, I don't like it when it's like, oh, I'm yeah. sitting, I'm just skipping through a text cut scene of something I saw on the console version, like with um, Generations at the beginning. Well, you so. get also get Sonic's friends in the DS version of Sonic Colors. Like, Knuckles is there for some reason, as is... Fine. Yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> it's kind of neat. But, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll learn more. Um, let's move on to some more Wii U news. We have uh, Yakuza. You ready for it? 1 and 2 HD? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's a megaton announcement, right? I mean... Oh. <laughs> At least they made nice gifts, like <laughs> Nagoshi <laughs> and the president or whatever it was Nintendo with yeah. their bling shining. That was pretty cool. You could tell <laughs> you you could tell everything was picked by uh, by him too because like there's like a leopard print in the back. It's just so ridiculous. It's nice. But um, uh, I don't know. I guess it's not going to come to the United States. 
Um, Who knows? What if it does? There's always a there's always a slim chance that it could, but then again, we're still waiting on Fantasy Star Online two to hit, and even and, then, we're getting washy numbers about that. And the the collection came out last year on the PS3, and it didn't even come out. Yakuza five hasn't come out, so I'm assuming that. And the whole new uh, direction of uh, Sega, they're not going to be bringing over Yakuza games anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it seems like, because they're being really picky on what they release on in, on boxed. Hopefully oh, they'll right. at least do something where you know someone like Mike, like Atlas, would be able to pick up the rights to publish and translate that game or something like that. I would or, love sorry, At- localize that game. I would love but, Atlas to bring it over because I think they'll market it. I mean, they know how to market to with a low budget. Like Persona has blown up since the last two games, and they don't have TV commercials. They're not sold at Walmart. They're not. They're very. Uh, they know how to. Uh, they know how to advertise their their fan base. Pretty, I mean, mm-hmm. well, pretty much. Like, I will also say that you know, Persona Four really exploded when uh, the anime hit uh, on like Hulu and things like that. And I'm actually surprised that Sega hasn't tried to follow that kind of uh, success by you know, like with Valkyria Chronicles. You know, there was an animated series based on that, but we never got it for whatever reason. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if something like that would have actually helped. But, uh, of course, you know, back in the case of, like, Yakuza, um, I remember, at least for, like, the longest time, like, especially for something like Soccer Wars, like, Sega was just very picky on just letting people bring that game over because it's really un-American. It's, like, it's a dating sim mech uh, combat RPG type of game. So stuff like that probably won't do necessarily well. And, of course, we finally got a Soccer Wars game a few years ago on Wii and PlayStation 2. but The worst one, but yeah. Yeah, I don't really recall how much they actually benefited from that. But I hope, you know, moves like that won't sour Sega from bringing stuff like, you know, this Yakuza collection to the Wii U. I mean, at, mm-hmm. of course, at this rate, Wii U could definitely use some more games. And even if they are just like console ports, you know, hope it'll at least be something to tide, you know, tide people over somewhat. And for something like Yakuza... It's not exactly something that would have done exceptionally well, but for people who are starved for a game, it might actually help both Sega and Nintendo in this case. Worst case scenario, they could just bring it to a downloadable service. That's what they're doing with uh, the next Ace Attorney game. Like, you never know what exactly these people might do. Like, digital it's distribution, true. digital distribution would ex- would definitely like. Uh, you know, throw out that one cost factor of, you know, distribution, like physical distribution, like just put it out on the internet and then people can just download it, you know, the day that the game comes out. Like, I, I think a good example is that uh, the One Piece game they, they released on uh, PSN. It, they released it for what, like 50, 40 bucks or whatever? Holy and, God. I, I don't even know how much they cost, but it, it was a full title, but they just did subtitles onto it. And apparently it did so well on there. That I guess the next one's coming out, but on disc. So, huh. I mean, it. I mean, it worked for them. I don't think. I don't see why. I mean, I don't know why Sega won't. I mean, they could afford to translate some Japanese stuff, and the second game's already translated. I mean, I thought the first game was translated too already. It was. It was dubbed. It was uh, oh. voiced over, but it was voiced over so badly that mm-hmm. I. I rather them just subtitle it. Because Mark like Hamill did a voice. Yeah, he did a good job on his voice, but everybody else called it in, and the script was terrible. They like added fuck every five minutes. 
So oh, like they'll walk around and be all, "What the fuck is up in the street? Fuck, fuck!" <laughs> and it's like, dude, what the fuck? And then it's Did like get... Kazuma they... turned around and he's like, "Bring it, fuckers!" and shit like that. It's like. Did they get somebody from ADV to work on something like that? Jesus Christ. Uh, they had a lot of celebrities <laughs> on the goddamn thing, and I think that's why they didn't want to bring... I think they thought it was going to be a huge hit. They had, uh, well, Mark Hamill or whatever did uh, um, uh, Goro Megami or whatever, the guy with the eye patch. Uh, of one course. Of the, one of the bosses was the guy that, the guy that played... Uh, uh, what's his name? Mr. Blonde from the Reservoir Dog movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and he did a terrible job. He just basically talked like he was in a podcast or something. <laughs> Um, it was a wow. it was a good game, and I heard that uh, that all the problems I had with the first one when it came out on PS2 had been fixed on the re-release. Like uh, the loading times have been fixed, and uh, when you fight, you couldn't turn direction. And like if you're fighting one guy and somebody was teaming behind you, you couldn't turn around and hit them. But apparently they fixed that in part two. But apparently on the on the port one and two. They mm-hmm. they brought over all the fixes to the first one, <clears throat> so that's good. I mean, I think it would be worth releasing at least on digital. Yeah, I think that'd be worth it. Especially, I, mean, is, I haven't ahead. really played any of the Yakuza games, but I would assume if you were looking for the next Shenmue game, that's probably your best bet at this point for something at least spiritually in succession, right? I would say it's more of like a beat 'em up with an open world. So I wouldn't say Shimu right away because Shimu is like totally like whatever. It's like more of about intricate like yeah. exploration. It's not. Okay, it's one that... of those games that where you. Uh, it's not about fighting, but it's about exploring <laughs> the world and being in that world. Yakuza is more about doing mini games, wacky side stories, and just like streets of rage, a three D streets of rage beat them up. Okay, that makes sense then. With an over the top man drama story where everybody t- sh- takes off their shirts at the end of the game and fight it out. <laughs> I think it gets the, the Shenmue comparison because it has so many like unnecessary menial little mini games and yeah. it takes place in Japan. Yeah. Doesn't it have some of the development staff working on it too? I think Obviously, so. It's Jet Set Radio Jet Set Radio staff and uh Yeah, isn't um uh the the kingpin from Jesuit Radio, that guy, he's in the first Yakuza, right? Yeah, he's in a side quest. That's huh. funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, they're really, really well thought out, I guess, games. I know it's a lot of people hate them because there's a lot of little things that you're like, they could do this better. Like, they released three, four, and five, and they all kind of look the same. Like, the engine hasn't been updated. It feels like Sega's really going low budget with them. And I wouldn't be shocked that they're releasing one and two on Wii U in hopes of getting an audience, and mm-hmm. then releasing three, four, and five, and then probably doing a sixth one on it. Because that, that wouldn't be a bad thing. That, that's strange. I thought Yakuza was actually doing really well in Japan. Oh no, it's doing really well, but like it's not like they they upgrade the engine or anything. It's not like uh-huh. like when you have a game that sells a lot, you usually put a lot of more money into it. It feels like Yakuza is just like. It's doing well. Let's just re- make a new game on the same engine, like. Right. I think it was. I think it was Yakuza Five. Now I think about it, Yakuza Five. They, uh, Sega of America, actually like cut stuff out. Or no, was that was it three, four? three. Three. Oh, it was three. Okay. Like, if as long as they can not do that, like I can definitely see people actually wanting to buy stuff. Like, like that's an also another factor is just 
you know, when they would bring the Yakuza games over here, like for whatever reason, they just feel like, oh, this is going to be completely lost on our American audiences and things like that. When you've already got like Japanese RPGs like Persona, where they would just keep in the Japanese references, even if it was somewhat integral to gameplay. Uh, but, you know, I haven't really heard that many people. I haven't, you know, I really haven't really heard anybody complain about issues like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you kind of you're kind of catering to a very specific audience with something like, you know, Yakuza. So you may as well as try to be as authentic as you possibly can. I mean, you do have there is like a thin line of like, you know, do we do this part, uh, you know, where our audiences may or may not get it? Or should we just kind of get this out of here entirely in the case of like, you know, making players confused and things like that? They cut like out the, well. They cut out hosting hostess. Mm-hmm. Where you talk to the women and try to, you know, do what Japanese men do to women. Um, Play, give them a bunch of money and give them a bunch of money and hope to go on a date. Um, and they cut out um, some of the mini games like the like Japanese chess. I don't know what it's called. And uh, but they brought it back with four. But on four, they took one of the games out. One of the mini games. It was answer answer. Because Sega America said they couldn't really, uh, it would take too much money to edit the little, I guess, the JPEGs or whatever, or the, the graphics. It was too graphic driven, the mini mini game. So they cut it out. It was just a quiz game. So it was just a mini quiz game that you go in the arcades and play. And it only had like three or four like like optional questions or some crap like that. I don't know. I, I wasn't really that bad about, that wasn't that bad. But taking out hostess, that was a large part of the game. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Now, in terms of like graphics, I would assume they would at least have to they would at least put in something like subtitles or something like that over the images or something like that. Uh, of course, for cases like that, um obviously when they translate games, you know, all the programming, all the coding basically has to go back to Sega Japan because it's basically the same developers making the English translation of English translation of the game unless they contracted somebody to try and take care of it for them but that usually that doesn't happen usually you don't get something like working designs so I don't I really don't understand other than maybe monetary issues like they were saying uh, where they just can't really put forth the effort but even then as Sega is still a fairly big company to be able to take care of something like that so I don't exactly see how that would not be something that would be doable hmm. unfortunately don't you know i don't have obviously i don't have the utmost experience but it's basically just all that i've read up on in terms of like you know how exactly development of like translated games is actually handled and you know it's it's obviously notes that are made by sega of america sent back to japan and then japan does whatever they that needs to be done to take care of that aspect and then uh you get a finished product yeah we now we could talk about uh, let's see. Ooh, Sega Sammy seeing fiscal net profit. That awesome Aliens cl- uh, Colonial Marines game shipped 1.3 <laughs> million, and that oh. horrible Sonic racing game where it's like, why can't he run? Why is he in a car? Why is he in a boat? He can run on. I know, water. right? I mean, come on. Uh, He's got one wings. Point, it's stupid. 1.36 million people bought that. I mean, come on. Aliens can't sell as much as that. Come on. So uh, uh, I mean, should I, I start I about re- should I start about how fantastic Aliens was? It's a great game, man. It's a, I'm gl- I'm glad that Gearbox did it. They, I mean, they made Borderlands two, they made the Doom Nukem game, all great. 
I got to see. I got to see. Okay, hang on, hold on. I I got some things to say about that. Okay, Gearbox did only the multiplayer aspect of Duke Nukem Forever. There was actually Triptych who was already working on Duke Nukem Forever, and that uh-huh. was like the third time that they restarted it. And then they uh, contracted some other company to make the console versions, and those are shit. Well, technically, so, Aliens wasn't even made by Gearbox either, so I mean... No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was made by TimeGate, and boy, do you know about the success they endured because of that. Well, yeah. they've, they've been pretty fucked for a while already, to be honest, but uh, well, yeah. yeah, they've been, I guess, uh, their uh, publisher for their uh, game, Section 8, mm-hmm. uh, they tried to sue them, and I guess they sued them back and then took the franchise from them. So wow. they don't have a franchise, and I guess they went they went out of business and uh, they went bankrupt. And it, when they filed bankruptcy, I don't know why, but one of the things they filed for was thirty seven thirty seven dollars and eighty cents they owed a pizza place. That's and funny. And I'm like, if you can't fucking afford to play pay for that for that, like you shouldn't be making games. Like that's bad management. Yeah. Now I live in the in the same state as Gearbox and Timegate, and I actually went to their community event when they were showing off Colonial Marines, and I was already like at that time I was already saying stuff like you know this is not really ready for prime time, and unbeknownst to me that game had been in development for over seven years or something like that. Well, like they've been an, it's been announced since like two thousand seven or six or something. Yes, and. Seeing it in that playable state, like before its February release, was really not a good sight to see when I mm-hmm. first played it. And I paid a hundred bucks to play that game as much as I won. I ugh. Did don't. You, why don't, do you pay a hundred bucks? Because they had okay for their community event. They had like you could sign up for free to go to their thing, but you also had a VIP deal for like a hundred bucks. You could get shorter lines to be able to play their games. And all two of them that they were showing off, <laughs> and uh, you got like front row she- seating for their uh, for their little conference things that they would help they would hold like every hour or so. How many people like, were there? Like fifteen? There was like, no, there was actually like a lot of people there. Um, not that many people bought the VIP pass, but a lot of people bought the free stuff. And you know they gave you some decent stuff. Uh, they gave you this Trumps card deck of Borderlands 2. They actually gave you a decent Logitech mouse with Borderlands 2 branding on it. That was actually pretty cool, like except for the whole Borderlands aspect of it, but um anyway, like that like that trip is most definitely was not that that, that trip was not worth going to, but I figured I'd just go there, you know, since you know, with Sega Retro launched, freshly launched, uh we should probably have more Sega news on there, so I went, I got to, like, talk with some of the Gearbox guys. Um, mm-hmm. They were just showing off their demos that they were showing off at, like, PAX and E3. And both of those demos had a lot of spotty problems. Like, I was already, like, falling through floors. I was, uh, like, you would have to go through, like, the entire reload animation for the for the gun clip to actually register correctly. Just all these other fundamental problems, and none of it, none of it was really. They they were not really showing the single player aspect of the campaign. They said, uh, of course, it turns out the multiplayer campaign was the single player campaign, but with more scripting. Why didn't you? Uh, did you just tell him like, you know what, this game doesn't look like it's fucking made right. Like it looks pretty shitty. Like <laughs> I I told him like, you know, there's a lot of problems in here that just feel like that this is not quite done and i actually got to talk with some of the programmers behind the the game and things like that and they said you know we actually we actually did fix this in a build and it's been we've actually done it you know 
like years ago, we just ha- or months ago, we just haven't really updated it in these builds because they just take too long, and we have to test them to make sure that you know co- you know co- our consumers potential consumers don't you know run into any potential issues. Uh, of course, at the same time, I also asked them, "How's the Wii U version going?" And they're like, eh. <laughs> "Like this is exactly the reaction I was getting. I was like, we we don't really have anything to say on that yet." Yeah, that's Which always is basically a, they were saying we didn't start it. Yeah, that's always a good uh, a good sign, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I've been, I I I talked to a few people that test games for Sega. And uh, they always, uh, when that game was being tested, they were just telling me, like, yeah, don't count on this being a AAA title. That's it. <laughs> I was like, that's all I yeah. need to know. I was already embracing God. for it. But I didn't think it was going to be this shitty. Like, I was like, god damn. Like, they put no effort into this game. Pulled another Sonic 06 on us. Well, it, it sold, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it, it sold. sold. But then they have but... to pay Fox the, their, their royalty check. Right, right. So maybe Sega should just really, really focus on uh, strengthening their IPs and maybe, maybe uh, like hyping up their All Stars racing games since it sold more than Aliens. I mean, it right. was on more consoles, but well, I here's think... the thing: because like nobody was really expecting you know Colonial Marines to turn out like that, but Sega really should have been hammering on them to kind of check on the progress of the game, and it looks like. Nobody at Sega really knew how exactly to manage this kind of game. But, you know, with the success of, like, Borderlands, you know, why wouldn't you want to work with Gearbox and things like that? Of course. Of course. But then it turns out, you know, there's all this, uh, these internal weird politics of they just use Sega's funding to make Borderlands 2 and all this other weird stuff. It's just, it's just a headache all around. And, you know, you can point fingers everywhere. Like, it's basically everybody who is involved with this product is at fault, like, no matter mm-hmm. what. Like, it's equally as much as Gearbox's fault as it is Sega's, as it is TimeGate's as well. And, you know, the respective parties are paying the price. Um, and, of course, you know, back thinking back to that event, I can recall that there were actually a number of people who were there just because of Aliens. And, you know, I can't imagine, like, what their reaction is now that they've played this game other than, eh, it's just another shooter. Yeah, I mean, and that might be where it's, oh, the sales are coming from. It's just mainly Aliens fans will buy anything, and they played it, and they said, oh, it wasn't bad, it wasn't great. Eh, I, I think on. I think now that Sega has done these licensed games, they've done Marvel games, they've done fucking, um, I don't, well, they've done other fucking, well, I can only think about Marvel recently, but... Golden Compass. They did Golden Compass, terrible, by fun, the way. Fun fact, uh, actually, one of the programmers who worked at Gearbox worked on Iron Man 2. He wasn't proud of his work either. Yeah, this wasn't Sarah. No, I was like, you're not helping the cause right now. <laughs> no, but I, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's a hard worker. Like, you know, he's he's got kids. He's married. You know, he he's trying to do his honest work. Like, it's not you know, it's not his not fault. Ev- like everybody. There are people at Gearbox and TimeGate who do want to do a good job. And you know, for those people, we do. You know, I I commend those kind of people for them. You know, for those kind of things. I think Sega should be very strict on who they allow to work on their properties. I think Gearbox obviously showed that they're not fucking responsible enough to be working on other people's games. That are- yeah, people are definitely not going to want to come to Gearbox after you know this Colonial Marine stuff happened. And right. uh, I think Sega should start thinking maybe we should start using our in-house developers that are uh, some of them are award-winning, and uh, have them actually do games on IPs and see if they could do it. I mean. 
you already gave these these other companies a chance to do a, Mar- a, a Captain America game, a, a Thor mm-hmm. game, uh, Iron Man game. Like, I, I think AM2 could have done a pretty damn good Iron Man game. But, uh, Definitely. They already do Afterburner, and that's already an as- a gameplay aspect of uh, Iron Man. I'm wondering if stuff like that is just being handled by Sega of Europe and Sega of Japan just really isn't checking up on those things whatsoever. They need to start being more connected. That's what they need to start doing. Well, most Japanese companies need to be connected with their Western developers, which they're still not really doing. Yeah, it's very sad. But, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. I think uh, Sumo Digital is probably one that should be trusted. I mean, they've released uh, most of the games they released with Sega have been really, really good or well done. And the fans mm-hmm. have been happy with it. They're they're all, they're all right. I'm they're not saying right. like you they're the, the greatest games, but you will find more satisfaction in like Transform than you would with like Aliens. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I can safely say that I'm responsible for uh, Sumo Digital's success, as I am the king owner of all, almost all the versions of Transform. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you uh, you paid their. Uh, you, you're the one that uh, did one point. You you bought one point. 36 million yes. copies. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> so basically, like, uh, you know, I reviewed Transformed on Sonic Retro. I actually requested for the PS3 version, and the 360 version came out, well, all the versions came out early, and I picked up the 361 since, you know, we were probably going to do some live streaming on the multiplayer, and, uh, you know, I, I can get this game reviewed way faster than Sega can give me this copy because they were going to give it to me like about a week after the game had come out Oof. normally. Yeah, they usually but, do you know, it the since next the Wii U day. had come out. Gone. Yeah, pretty much. But like, uh, the, like, um, like places like Toys R Us started selling Wii U games early, and they accidentally put out all the versions of uh, Transformed for consoles. So I just started picking up. I just picked up the 361. And then when I got the Wii U one, I figured, you know, people are probably going to play on Sonic Transform, you know, the Transformed on Wii U, so I may as well just do that. And it turns mm-hmm. out, for a stream, we only got one person who played Transformed on Wii U. Oops. <laughs> but, and, but yeah, like, I have those versions. I also have the PC version, and I've been seriously contemplating the, hand, at least the Vita version, but I don't think I should do this anymore. I don't think I should do that anymore. I you think need to slow I- down. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't the the Vita version on discount, on like plus or something, or given away for free. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I do know that like you can get it on Amazon for like twenty three sixty or something like that. Like it's gone down in price considerably. Well, yeah, nobody's buying Vita games. Well, yeah, I am. Well, well okay, not really. One, <laughs> no, there you go. I think the Vita needs a lot of work to be done on that thing. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it, it's an alright system for what it is. But you've still got a long ways to go before we can just go, you know, before the Vita can become something more than just the PlayStation 3 port machine, as it's pretty much known as now. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. But it doesn't have Colonial Marines on it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're, it's you're missing be... out on the market. Damn it. Sega. Oh, and I guess the next bit of news is Sonic 1, iOS, and... and... Not 3DS, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, that's a typo. 3, 3DS no, no, uh, is, def- is definitely out. There's actually. Oh, there is one. Footage on YouTube. There yes. is one. And I heard that the 3D sucks on it. Oh. Oh, it does? Yeah. Like, people were going to buy it for 3D anyway. Um, I mean, the most. 
in terms of 3D of what I would expect would pre- probably be something like uh, Kirby's Adventure or Kid Icarus. Like the said, 3D in those games are okay. There was an article on it, and they said that like it was like only the only real 3D part was the logo in the beginning. Oh, that's that's really unfortunate, especially since uh, you know apparently like 3D Space Harrier is now coming out for. Uh, you know, for the 3DS in Western territories. Like, I definitely want to try and check something like that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the article I was talking about. Yeah. Um, I might I might get the two arcade ones and skip out on Sonic I hear the iOS... Ver- I, ho- I hear the iOS version is shit. I don't know who backs something like that. Jesus Christ. For what? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just trying to... Fuck a jab. Like, uh, so yeah, the iOS version came out. It came out on, I believe it was the 16th for uh, Android, and I think the 15th around midnight or something like that for mm-hmm. iOS users. Oh, I know and it uh, came out. I was saying the 3DS. I was like, wait, for 3DS? But yeah, yeah the, I, I forget that the 3DS had that 3D port of Sonic. It is definitely not the same version as uh, the Retro Engine Edition. I have but... no idea why they just didn't get him just port that one over to 3DS and like have somebody else add just a stupid 3D layer. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that was going to happen. I mean, it all it would take for is just Taxman. Because like right now, apparently they're just trying to fix all the glitches that are in the current version. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you guys hear about the uh, save glitch feature? Or save oh. feature. Uh, apparently there's a glitch... I haven't really read too much about upon it, but uh, apparently there's like save game issues with the iOS version where it will wipe out your saves. I don't know exactly how or why that happens. Uh, one one issue I do know of is if you activate the debug mode and then you quit the game and go to like a time trials game or a time attack uh, level, you can just use time attack to just skip through the entire level and just have like a very short time uh, in the on the short leaderboards or whatever. So stuff like that is unfortunate. Uh, probably why we're not seeing like console versions of stuff of this game is so that they can fix issues such as that one, mm-hmm. um, and also means that Sega needs to hire you know testers, not people who just kind of get a paycheck at the end of the day. But we'll see about that. Um, right. But like you know, outside of those you know unfortunate issues, at least it's. It, I mean, it's as we've stated before, it's a very good version of Sonic One. Uh, could use a little bit of work to get it more perfect, but if you are, you know, jonesing for a another copy of Sonic One to play, you know, there you go. Uh, at, go at the very it. least, at the very least, I do know, um, you know, going back to the 3DS version that we have now. I mean, at least they did put in stuff like the spin dash option, and I, I mm-hmm. think there is some time attack stuff in there, but I don't. You're probably not going to get like um, the ad- the additional characters, the revised layout uh, level layouts, and things like that, or the additional yeah. debug features. Um, now, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if uh, you know, Sega of uh, America like commissioned Tax and Stealth to just port the game to the 3DS once when they start making uh, their console versions, and of course, you know miscommunication happens in Sega pretty much all the time. Like, we, you know, Knights on PS2 came out in 2008, and we didn't get it until, like, 2012. So stuff like that will definitely happen. Like, people internal at Sega did not know that Port of Knights happened. So there's, <laughs> it's very possible that they don't even know that this 3DS version is out. Probably, Sonic. yeah. 
Um, um, oh, we should we should probably move on to the questions as we're running kind of long on the podcast. Okay, yeah. We do we have many questions? There's Not too many people. questions, but I I, I want to see what you guys answer some of these uh, favorite and least favorite Sega characters by Zonic Zone Cap or Cop. Sorry, Cap. Okay. Uh, oh, what is your favorite and least favorite Sega characters? Is uh does does Bernie or whatever the the Sega US president for the Saturn count? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I don't like him very much. Uh, it depends. I like him sometimes. I like the, I like his quote where he like kind of like didn't like get bossed around by EA. That's cool. I like him like towards the Dreamcast era, like the like the how he laid down the fa- foundation for the Dreamcast. But I also hate the fact that he killed the Saturn by himself in the US. An asshole. <laughs> So yeah, I hate him. I hate uh, let's see, uh, man, I hate a lot. <laughs> I uh, I don't actually don't hate that many Sega characters. Silver the Hedgehog, I hate. Shadow the Hedgehog is a pretty bad character. He's like Knuckles, darker version. Dark Knuckles. Yeah, he's like Dark Knuckles. Um, I'd say Silver is my least favorite. Yes, yeah, Silver's pretty bad. Um, He's actually I'm like go with silver too. Just yeah, because nice. I, I can't really think of that many. I honestly can't really think of that many Sega characters that I actually dislike. Because mm-hmm. like I like Big the Cat, and you know what? I actually I will hold a candle too. for Shadow because at the time, you know, obviously he was Sonic was basically filling in the video game tropes of I gotta have a rival. But then again, he had a rival like Knuckles, and yeah. as like you guys said, like Shadow kind of took his place for a little while. And then Silver is just kind of like no Hey guys, hey guys! I heard you guys like Shadow. Check me out. I'm Silver, <laughs> and I hate and I'm confused and I hate Sonic. But I'll be a bad guy after. I mean, I'll be a good guy after this game. Yeah, right. Do you guys, do you guys know how funny it is that like they try to advertise Silver as like this new brand detergent or something like that? Like play a Sonic <laughs> Shadow or new Silver. It's like what the hell? Ooh. Why did you put this on the back of a video game box? <laughs> Ooh, mom! This one has silver. Damn, I wish silver was in Sonic One. They have not used silver in a game, have they? After that, besides, like, I guess the racing game. Uh, He's in Sonic Rivals. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not remember that game anymore. You can at least spin jump. He's like he's Blaze's friend now, pretty much. His the whole I don't know how or what Sonic team was thinking at the conception, like oh. We should have a guy that has these like powers that uh, could like lift up objects because uh, we could show off our new uh, <laughs> our new physics engine. That was pretty much it. Yeah, and the fixes in the physics in that game sucked. So thank you. So silver is your least favorite. Who's your favorite? Sonic character? Uh, no, is it Sonic character? I guess it's just I Sega. No, no, Sega. No, Sega character. Oh, my favorite Sega character. Hmm. Uh. Uh, what's that? What's the what's the name of the guy that goes, "Hey, bro"? I was gonna pick him, Goro. <laughs> Goro, there you go. I like that Goro, and I like Goro from uh, Yakuza, the uh, One Eye Patch Megami. Yeah, they're both good. Yeah, they're both good. They both do the name justice. I mean, in different ways. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Those are my favorite. Nice. How about you, uh, bro? Um, some that's not Sonic. A uh, bug. You like bug. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I think maybe, maybe, maybe Bug is. Uh, maybe Bug is probably my least favorite because every time I think back to him, you know, after like talking with like Blaze, you know, who works at TSSZ, whatever. Um, at least back in the day, he. I remember he did not like uh, t- 
to not like Bug, and I'm starting to kind of lean with him in mm-hmm. regards to that issue because he's basically supposed to be like, "Hey, we need a mascot, and Sonic's not here, so what do we got? Bug." It's like That's Bubsy. It. B- basically, it's Bubsy, but it's just a this asshole like green thing, and he ha- he apparently hates Sonic, and so does Sega. Apparently, I don't know. He raced but, Sonic. He did, and you can kill him if you debug move over to his plane. He's worth 100 points. Only wow, 100 really? points? Yeah, that's cheap. Damn. Curve <laughs> uh, stomp that, him. That, that's, all, that's all that that mascot was worth for Sega, 100 points. <laughs> I guess, I think one thing that I would probably say, I mean, it's going to be Sonic-related, is I actually kind of like E-102 Gamma, at least for what, you know, what type of character they were trying to make him. Because, you know, you know, like... Sonic care, you know. Sonic has like those flicky characters who don't really have like any arms or legs or act like you know humans, like mm-hmm. uh, you know Amy and them do. Uh, so here you would have like this bird type of creature who apparently has like this newly gained intelligence and is like the only way to express his method of like power. Uh, over others is that he's being, uh, you know, encapsulated in this new suit, and once mm-hmm. he's able to take control of it, you know, thanks to Amy, he can now use it to help his friends that were also captured during the process of when Eggman was taking things over. So mm-hmm. I think for something like that, that's actually kind of a cool character, even though E-102 is sort of not a character, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, you bas- basically... I mean, you could technically call that the bird that, uh, you know, the pink bird or whatever that's in him uh, uh, as E-102, even though that's kind of a stretch. Uh, and yeah. it doesn't really have a name otherwise. I think that's yeah, I a will, character. I will say that despite how, you know, I mean, Dreamcast was so new that with the cutscenes, everything was just really wonky in Sonic oh, Adventure. It, I will say the <laughs> final... Know, it looked like trash compared to... Yeah, like but the, the final scene in E-102s I thought was handled really, really well. Like, I think the fade-out, just as the other bird appeared, was like... It, I'll admit I got a little teared up. You cried, yeah. didn't you? A little bit. It was You're sad. Like 13 I thought years it was old. really well done. You're like 13 years old crying about, about a robot's... <sighs> was I 13? I think it was, yeah, I was like voice I was like 14, I think. But it, I thought it was really well done. And when I played it again recently... I didn't cry, but I did. I did feel a little something. something. I gotta yeah. be honest with you. I when I first played Sonic Adventure, when I first got the Dreamcast, man, I had some like rose tinted glasses or some shit because mm. I thought that game was the shit. I thought that still game, is. I was like, oh, I have to play. Th-. Like I sat all night and I played the whole game like with everybody, and I was like, everything about this game is perfect. And then I played it like a couple years after, and I was like, holy shit, this game is terrible. Like, not terrible, say, but it had a lot of terrible aspects that weren't really thought out for a 3D game. I will say, if you were watching someone play Sonic Adventure, it's very boring. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it, I don't know, like, it's basically like a roller coaster ride. And then once when you watch someone else play, it's like, oh, I already did that stuff. So <laughs> it's not exactly anything new. Um, I'm trying to think. But yeah, B102, that's a cool character. Um, too bad Sega can't, or Sonic Team can't really do good writing to at least flesh out those characters very well. Yeah. Well, maybe they can. It's just a matter of, like, their execution is just not very good. Uh, the next question is probably more aimed at Bart, because I don't think me and uh, Barry own this console, so uh, <laughs> I get, we get a question that says, 
Sh- I should buy the Wii U? <laughs> question mark. Only for Sonic? <laughs> oh, not now. Like, um, I would still probably wait to see if there's any other games coming out. You or can bet your ass game. we're going to have another Smash Brothers game. You can also mm-hmm. bet your ass we're going to have another Mario game. And another Paper Mario game, too. I would, but, I, I would, I would wait closer to release date just in case they drop the price, because you never know. Yeah, I mean, at, at the very least, you're also going to be dealing with less DRM bullshit compared to the other consoles. So there's always that. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if you're in, if you're really that big into Sega, like Bayonetta Two is also coming exclusive for Wii U trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and- like right now, like I have a Wii U. I've got. Nintendo Land, Mario U, and Sonic Transformed. And I've bought a couple of virtual console games. Like, that's really the only thing you're going to miss out on is these 30-cent virtual console games. Like, as, you know, I I personally thought virtual console on the original Wii was cool. Uh, don't transfer your games to the Wii U, no matter what, because, you know, then you can't use your GameCube controllers on it. And for some of the games, you can't go play games that go up to, like, five or eight players. I don't understand sometimes Nintendo's like, like why can't you use the GameCube controller? Does like well nobody the Wii U... well nobody sells GameCube controllers anymore. Oh. Um, I can understand if like they do, wait they do, do they out, have like, the, do they have the ports still on the Wii U or they take no down? they're gone they're okay. gone. Um, okay. Now so it doesn't play GameCube games the Wii U. Uh, no, they don't. Um, but technically it could, I mean, especially since there's that rumor that, hey, we're going to put GameCube games on the virtual console, and at least with the Wii U, they can with the additional hard drive, uh, you know, hard drive space or whatever, flash memory, whatever you want right. to call it. Um, now, how about, um, how about the games that are going to be on, like, uh, uh, PS4 and Xbox One, but they're also going to be on Wii U? Do you think it might be worth it to like get a Wii U so you could play those exclusive games that you were mentioning but also get a taste of next gen games on Wii U. Like I'm looking at Watch Dogs and to be honest, I don't really want to get it on Xbox three sixty because I'd much rather experience it on like uh, one of the next gen consoles, but at the same time I feel like I'm gonna get a Wii U before I get either of those. If so PlayStation four can get all of its crap out of the way and hopefully it's not going to do the same stuff that the uh, xbox one is doing in terms of like use game blocking and all this stuff um you could probably go with something like that or just build yourself a pc i was going to suggest that i'm going to get that game on pc mostly because i know it's going to be modded the hell up like i want to see sorry and that's a that's all right it's like the thing is like you know pcs you can probably get decent ones for like four or five hundred dollars and you're probably going to be expecting to spend that much money and not just on like the hardware but like at least with the xbox one you're gonna have to spend that stuff on subscriptions and all these other fees that they're kind of hiding behind your back that the pc you know pc you know your pc would definitely not have and in terms of like you know, if you're going to buy games digitally, like on Steam, you know, there's plenty of stuff on there. There's plenty of cheap games on there. If you want to have control over your DRM stuff, you know, there's places like GOG.com, which still mm-hmm. needs, like, like a lot of, there's a lot of great stuff on GOG.com. I agree. Um, they also, right now, uh, there's a lot of companies trying to compete against Steam, so PC games drop very low. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I got that five Microsoft Game Pack for ten dollars two dollars per game so i got <laughs> deadlight for two dollars and uh because amazon wants to compete against steam and all the games actually activate in steam so it's not like i even lost anything i still have all my library in steam 
there's some games on Steam that have additional DRM like Sekirom, and of course, if you buy something like, well, you know, if you're to buy Assassin's Creed Three, you're probably you're still gonna have to deal with Ubisoft stuff, and of course, uh, you would have to deal with Origin if you buy anything from Electronic Arts, but. I don't buy anything from those guys because I don't want to deal with their bullshit myself. And if so. I really want to play it, I usually just pirate it because, well, fuck them. They they try to fuck me over with their DRM. I kind of exactly. find that justified. Like, can you believe that Ben Kuchera was basically, on Penny Arcade Report was basically saying that Xbox anti-use games thing is going to stop used game sales and uh, piracy altogether? No. Like, no. if you go look that up, if you go look on, like, his Twitter... Like, he's basically makes this argument of, like, why are you buying next-gen systems if you have shitty internet? And, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, I even jumped in on him, on that idiot. Like, holy crap. Like, you don't, like, like I was saying earlier, with, like, you know, if you were to buy games off of GOG.com, and they do put out new stuff. They were called good old games at one point, but, you know, you get a lot of, like, indie games. PlayStation 4 is being very friendly with uh, indie developers, so you can get a bunch of games that way as well. Uh, and it sounds like they're also, like 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 I said, their policies seem less intrusive on your rights. So, uh, I guess the, uh, back to the question: um, if you you know, you're obviously your best bet is going to be you know you want to be able to play the most games. Uh, and if you're into like Nintendo stuff, you know, a Wii U is definitely going to going to carry you over pretty well. Uh, the tablet stuff can be okay. Um, and what is nice, you know, like I can play Super Metroid if I'm going to watch TV on something else. Uh, and, you know, the tablet controller is okay. Um, they're probably going to come out with, like, grips that make it easier to hold on to. And even then, all of your old Wii stuff, if you have a Wii, all that shit works on the on your new system. You don't even need to worry about, uh, you know, buying new hardware, which is what you're going to have to do with the PlayStation 4 and uh, the uh, Xbox One. So at least Nintendo has you covered in that aspect. It really just depends on how you want to spend your money, how many games you want to play, what games you want to play. Um, so are we games upscaled at least to like 480p, or you, you, do they, you, you or do they you upscale get, to 1080? You get 480p if you oh. play Wii original Wii games. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, like, but after after uh, playing them on the Dolphin and watching like Wind Waker in 1080p, I'm like, man, I don't know if I could go back. <laughs> yeah, it's that stuff. Stuff like that is definitely understandable. But that's why they're going to upsell you on those HD re-releases. That's the solution of used games. They're just going to say the same games again. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, I mean, I think if they that's if, the future. If Nintendo could have got it to do HD it, when you insert the disc, that's kind of slimy, though, isn't it? Uh, kind of, but at least at least the stuff works for better or worse. Like it'll it'll display correctly on your new Chinese uh, television and things like that. I gotta say, Wind Wind Waker's my favorite Zelda 3D Zelda game. My favorite Zelda game of all time is Link to the Past, so I guess I might... Favorite 3D is Link to the Past. What? Link to the Past. Yeah, the the Super Nintendo one. Okay. Yeah. The... I don't really like the 3D ones, so... That's... That's that's definitely understandable. Since uh, they don't really stand up too well over time, but... They're still relics of what they were. Yeah, I mean, they're not bad. It's just, like, I, I feel that Nintendo should, like, right now that they're, like, being pinned, I guess you could say. Their their hardware's not doing as well as they wanted to do. They should probably start reinventing their franchises. I mean, like, Mario Galaxy was great, but, like, 
it's still the basic formula we had with Mario 64, but perfected. Well, they're how, relying how much... heavily on their old IPs. Like we're, like I said, we're guaranteed to get another Zelda, get another, maybe but, another Star Fox someday. But gamers really care when it's like they've already had Prince, like the Twilight Princess was just basically like, hey, look, it's just like the N64 one. We listen to you guys. <laughs> it's the hardcore sh- shields will shatter, blades will bleed shit that you guys wanted, right? I, right, I, guys. I, I guess, I guess so. Right. I, I just want an open world game with a lot of side quests and wacky characters. Like I love Nintendo's wacky characters. I think they're the, probably the best thing they do when they have that those weird characters that make no sense. Like when you have like a mailman guy come in with like short shorts and he's like stretching and it's really weird and you don't even know what to think about it. That's the weird thing shit. is is that they they are coming out with new games like Dylan's Rolling Western and Pushmo and things like that, but they're being put out on their digital services, which uh, if there's one thing to fault Nintendo platforms for is that their digital rights stuff is really, really terrible because they are only going to be tied to one console and you have to go through a bunch of hoops and hurdles if you want them on anything else. They haven't fixed that? Nope. You still can't like tie your purchases to an account. That's just a bunch of hoopla that That's they just kind of made I, up. I think that was the best. I think when when Sony did the PS3, having it uh, on four units was probably the best, or I think it was four to five units. It was a lot, and they and they shrunk it down over yeah, time. Yeah, they shrunk it down because people were taking advantage of it. But uh, yeah, like, but I think they did two of them. I think it went from four to two. But then if you did it on two, you could deactivate it on other consoles really easily in the menu. Like you could deactivate <laughs> the con- the content. So if you bought a new PS3 or or Vita or whatever, you could uh take off content easily so that was and, you, and uh, for the xbox 360 they have like they have a license transfer feature where if you buy a new console you can just transfer all that stuff over to the new system but you would have to re-download each game so it's kind of painful and is, um is that the, the worst and of course i stupidly decided to transfer my virtual console games to my wii u uh, what they don't, what they do tell you, and they make it very explicit, is that you have to re-download each one at a time, and you can't download those games in bulk. You have I, so I had to go through like all 100 of those games that I purchased over the awful. years. That was awful. That was do, terrible. Do, uh, do Nintendo, do Nintendo have like background installing at least on uh, Wii U? Uh, Wii U does, yes. Because okay. you can down, ba- uh, download stuff in the background uh, in conjunction with playing a game, unlike the original Wii. But yeah, which you had to the, But when you play in Wii mode, when you you know play those older games, uh, you're still stuck with the old rules, so you have to download those games one by one. Um, when it comes to like virtual console transfers, you don't really transfer anything. You just basically say, "Hey, I bought this game on Wii. Give me a, at least give me a discount, and you can get like a dollar or dollar fifty discount on select games." And they're piecemealing that shit, which is stupid, and they need to change that immediately. No one's going to be willing to do any of that stuff that uh, for their discount program if they're going to do just that. Yeah, I agree. Like, if I was buying games and like uh, Sony's like, "Hey, you know that game you just bought on the PS3? You want to buy it on the PS4? We'll give you fifty cents off." I'd be like, "Fuck! You already bought that game. Why the fuck would Pretty I pay?" Pretty much. Ugh. I mean, at least, like, for these virtual console games, like, some of these that they're putting out, they're putting them out for, like, 30 cents. Like, Super Metroid for 30 cents? Yeah, no question. Go for that. That's, like, chump change, basically. That could go could have gone to, well, nothing. Uh, now, 
Are are there are there like virtual console games like Super Metroid? Are they still like uh, just ROMs basically, where they're not really like fixed or like? Um, for well, yeah, they 1080p? have the same. Yeah, they have the same imperfections, but at least you can play the. You know, for if you buy the virtual console games on Wii U, you can play them on the tablet, and they look they look great. They look fine. Um, and uh, you know, you can like play Super Metroid while you're watching Star Trek and on Skype on your laptop or whatever. The one thing that is beneficial for for the Wii U Virtual Console is that you, they actually give you like an option for save states. Uh, you can only do one at a time, but at least that's enough. Uh, and you can also change controls for any controller that you use on the game. Nice. So like you can nice. so like I had to change uh, for Super Metroid. They mapped the L and R buttons to exactly L and R, which is on top of the uh, tablet, which is super uncomfortable when you're playing Super Nintendo games. But you can map them to ZL and ZR, and uh, you can touch the touchscreen at any time to go to the Virtual Console menu. So stuff like that, it works. I really, really hope that they can get all of the Virtual Console games back from the original Wii uh, service, but I'm willing to bet they're not going to do that. So I just started like put it playing that stuff on my PC. And right now I'm trying to see if I can find a way to... Uh, stream video from my PC to my tablet, and I haven't found too many great options, unfortunately. So we we'll just have to kind of wait and see how exactly that's going to work out in the long run. Well, I think that was all the questions on Twitter. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I think Sorry. we're done with this. No, it's cool. We usually we 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 usually try to keep it under an hour, but we haven't done a podcast in like two weeks, so we had more we had more to talk about this time, especially with this like makes up for it. Yeah, this makes up for it. It's an extra long podcast. Exactly. And it's not giant bomb long, so I'm yeah. pretty sure it's very uh, listenable. So uh, <laughs> I guess you guys can say goodbye to everybody. I like yeah, it. we want to thank Bartman for joining us from Sonic Retro. Yeah, great to be here. It was a lot of fun. And, I wish we could the... do our podcast more often, but maybe we'll do it someday. Yeah, someday. You someday. Just need to get George on your ass, and he just keeps going. He sends you messages. Are we doing one tonight? Are we doing one? Yeah. He's good at it. And uh, it's me saying goodbye. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah.
Hello and welcome to Segabit's Swing and Report Show, episode 44. I'm Barry, with me is George, and oh. we have a... You didn't even let me say hello, dude. Oh, shut the... <laughs> oh, let me start over. You, and you'll probably stick this thing at the end. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 